101.1 FM. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. What do stun grenades, fireworks, rockets, and rubber bullets have in common? We'll look at why Satan is on the rise in theaters while values are going downhill, as well as a cautionary tale that just because someone holds your same political view doesn't mean they hold a biblical view. That's just some of the signs of the times we'll review for Friday, April 7th, 2023. Signs of the Times is a multitasking, prophecy-exposing presentation, as we're part broadcast and part podcast. But both parts are sponsored by Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products with over 15 different types of insurance to cover all aspects of life. For more information, you can contact the good people at Bob Johnson Insurance by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. And you can hit us up with your prophecy question, read the articles we talk about, or watch previous episodes by going to the Signs of the Times section of thewaymedia.net. And now, here to ponder, if humans are mostly water, is the earth mostly human, is Pastor Mark, who is happy that his winter fat is now gone, but now he's got spring rolls. Oh, that's, you know, you're right. You told me I needed something to cry with. You know why? That's so true. I I said, get your tissue ready. This could be a bad one. I didn't know what kind of crying I was going to be doing, but you know, you're not kidding. I mean, I've been, that's, that's, yeah, that's, oh, that's brutally true. That might be hitting a little too close to home for our pastor. Sorry about that. That's all right. Once again, no, that was pretty entertaining. That's, that's good. Once again, reflected in my performance (laughs) review. Okay. So let's move on to Israel because uh, Israel's, um, well, you know, there's nothing really much going on there other than, um, you know, just denials, bombs, fireworks, all sorts of stuff. But before we get to that, Pastor Mark, let's let's talk about um, our first article from the Jerusalem Post. Yes. Uh, Temple Mount activist is detained for a planned sacrifice of a Paschal lamb. I didn't... This sounds... Eerily familiar, like this happened last year. Well, it happened. This happened the last few years. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they have been trying, Greg, to get up there. Remember, we talked about it recently. They want to get up on the Temple Mount. They want to do the sacrifices. They've been doing the sacrifices in the uh, old Jerusalem quarter now for a few years, and now they're trying to get more aggressive. We talked last week, I think, about Netanyahu talking about you know getting the third temple built so they can do this. But notice it says the head of returning to the Mount movement, Raphael Morris. 
was detained on Monday on suspicion that he was going to try to sacrifice the Paschal sacrifice on the Temple Mount as police completed their preca- uh, their preparations rather ahead of the Passover holiday, which began on Wednesday. The police officers who detained Morris informed him that they were going to search his home as well. Um, and and as, as they do every year, the Returning to the Mount movement announced last week that it was offering reward. Here's the thing that's humorous, and while they're doing this, Greg, it's offering rewards of tens of thousands of shekels. That'd be like tens of thousands of dollars. The shekel's not quite as valuable, but you get the point in their dollar. Sure, yeah. For anybody who, who attempts or succeeds to sacrifice a Passover lamb on the Temple Mount. So they've got all these people competing for this big pot of gold to go up there and sacrifice a lamb. Last week, 15 rabbis uh, sent a letter to Prime Minister Netanyahu and the National Security Minister uh, calling on them to allow the Paschal sacrifice this year. Two activists from the movement were arrested last month after putting up notices in Arabic in the old city of Jerusalem offering payment to anyone willing to store lambs near the Temple Mount for the Paschal sacrifice. We'll give you money if you'll store them. We'll give you money if you get up there and sacrifice him. It's like, what is that bleeding of the sheep I hear? No kidding. The Jerusalem district of, of the Israel police have completed their preparations for the Passover and Easter holidays and will work to ensure freedom of worship and safety in the city. So. Again, Greg, the pressure is not going down. It's building every year, and it's going to be culminated in sacrifices once again on the Temple Mount. And right. remember, um, you don't have to have the Temple to do sacrifices. No. They can begin before the Temple is built. However, let's talk about the sacrifice for a second, Pastor Mark, because we know that it's very ceremonious. It's it's not just a matter of slitting a throat. Yeah. I mean, there's other things, steps that are involved, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have to, they flay it, they skin it, they offer it, they do all kinds of things. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and things that are done beforehand, before the actual slaughter. Right, it's, the, a it's a ceremony. It's a ceremony. So I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, how, how can you do that? Like, all right, everyone surround me while I grab the laver and well, the bowls and the, and all of the things that go into. I mean, how. You remember when we talked a few weeks back about the uh, the Arab people that were driving in Jerusalem with two camels in their back seat? If you can get two did camels, we, we, we talk, I think we talked about it on the show. Maybe we didn't, but they, they took their back seats out and they pulled them over. And this camel head just sticks out. They had two, <laughs> they had two camels, Greg, in the back seat of their car. <laughs> I don't car remember that story. From the, from the Palestinian territories driving into Israel. So here's my point. It was funny. I thought we used it as a funny. Maybe we didn't. Oh. Anyway, I, I was laughing with someone else about it. <laughs> um, anyway, they came. They'd come straight from Camelot. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, my, oh, okay. Anyway, but oh, but, but here's a here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, if you can hide two camels in your back seat of a small, it was a small Middle Eastern car. Right. Why couldn't you get one lamb under your rabbi's coat? I don't know. I guess if you didn't go ah, 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 or something like yeah, that, you just, exactly. just hold your stomach and go, ooh, you know, the, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the matzah last night, hey, you know, the gefilte fish, it's yes. not settling good, you know, whatever, right? Well, your stomach's very, your stomach's very furry. Yeah. But either way, I'm not saying they would try, but seriously, you could probably get it up there. The thing is, you have to bring it out, lay your hand on it, transfer the sins over. There's a whole process. All, exactly. Sacrifice. I mean, it, there would be riots. And so, but it's interesting. Here's my point. They are trying with everything they have. They're pushing forward in that. It is going to happen. And you're seeing Netanyahu getting pressured by his very conservative government that he's surrounded by now. He's not opposed to it. He just doesn't want to start unnecessary battles. It is going to happen. And so this is just, I think, the preparation for people to get more used to it, because it's going to take place. The Bible's clear. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of riots, Pastor Mark, let's. Uh, our next story leads into other stories surrounding Israel this week. And the first one comes from BBC News uh, at the Al-Asqa Mosque. Uh, violence as Israeli police raid a Jerusalem holy site. And of course, that 
headline it can be a little misleading if you don't understand what why they had to raid but then as a result of the raid here comes the jerusalem post massive rocket barrage fired from lebanon into israel on passover and then at the southern end uh, this is from jns.org gaza terrorists fire 16 rockets at israeli civilians idf hits back at Hamas targets. So from the north and the south and right in the middle uh, in Jerusalem, we have warfare. You know what? Jerusalem is always at the center of all the world's problems because that's where God is focused and the world hates God. Uh, But these three do tie together, Greg. And this one article we're going to look at of these three really is the reason the other two took place. And that is what happened there on the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Now, for those of you that don't know, this is the mosque that's there on the Temple Mount. It is not the Dome of the Rock. It is, if you're facing the Temple Mount from the Mount of Olives, it is to the left of the Dome of the Rock, that long building down that left side. At the southernmost end. Yes, is the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And um, and so, again, there's been violent scenes as police raided the Al-Aqsa Mosque, occupied East Jerusalem, saying agitators had barricaded themselves and worshipers inside. Uh, Palestinians said stun grenades and rubber bullets were used in the pre-dawn raid, and 50 people were hurt. Uh, stones were thrown, fireworks fired in the mosque. Uh, militants in the Gaza Strip later fired rockets at Israel, and its military carried out airstrikes in response. Those are the two articles you covered. The latest violence comes just ahead of the overlap between the Islamic holy month of Ramadan and Jewish Passover. They overlapped this year. Israel police said, that the is statement, mm-hmm, said in the statement that several law-breaking youths have massed ag- and massed agitators fortified the mosque in order to disrupt public order and to desecrate the mosque. After many and prolonged attempts to get them out by uh, talking to no avail, police forces were forced to enter the compound in order to get them out with intentions. Uh, the attention is to allow the uh, the dawn prayer to prevent a violent disturbance. Now, here's what's going on again. Of course, that's the you know Ramadan is the holy month of Islam. Uh, it overlaps with uh, now the Passover, which is the holiest week for the Jews. And that's because Passover ended up in the beginning of April versus in March. You know, it changes it every year. We'll see the Passover it would have still overlapped, right? It, cha- it changes yeah. every year yeah. uh, because of the thirty day month. Right. So it's sometimes these things. That's why the holidays will overlap. That's why, Greg. Interesting. This time of year. That's why the Bible says even when Jesus was crucified, uh, we believe that it was on Thursday rather than Friday. I don't mean to open up a can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> but but the reason that because that's a Catholic Church tradition that yes. it was on Friday. You can't yeah. get three days and three nights out of Friday. Yeah. No matter how hard you try. So the Bible doesn't say that. The Catholic Church does. And where they get that well because their holidays fluctuate because of 30 day um, um, uh, intervals the beginning of their holidays is always a sabbath so the beginning of their passover the year that jesus died was on a thursday heading into friday which means friday was a sabbath then also you have the regular sabbath which is saturday so when the scripture says they had to get his body down before the sabbath it wasn't before saturday it was before friday they had to get his body down so actually died thursday evening it took his body down before the sabbath began on friday then you have friday saturday and sunday three days and three nights now that's a whole nother can of worms that i didn't mean to get off into right now without more talk but same thing happens now with their holidays and it overlapping with ramadan and other things it changes from year to year so right uh you know it's, it's kind of like the worst case scenario they're they're, they're you know uh, the, the muslims are looking for any reason over there to strike against the jews anyway they hate them and so the fact that they start worshiping on their holy day and then the jews are agitated because they it's their temple mount and so the 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 arabs have you know so uh, so if you use the word occupied i guess they've occupied the uh, the jewish temple mount and so they have tensions going both ways and now you try to go up there and sacrifice a lamb which we talked about well you know they know about that right and and then they start you know these agitators because it's ramadan and they tell them at ramadan to attack the infidels right so then you have this whole thing now where these rocks start flying and all the stuff starts happening. What was the point of the fireworks that they brought up there? Well, again, you know, it's interesting, Greg. When you read about Ishmael, 
Abraham had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. Yeah. And when, when the Lord described Ishmael, he said, Ishmael will be a wild man. <laughs> yes. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, and, he did. And, and that pretty much describes the Middle East, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, but either way, so why did fireworks, I think they use whatever they can get their hands on to disrupt oh, or cause, you know, that's true. bangs that's or noise yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But but anyway, so they had to go in and squelch it and, and, and bring it back down. Well, then when they do that, well, now, oh, you you, you know, you went on the temple, you, you touched our Al-Aqsa Mosque. Then the bombs start flying about the southern and, and northern ends of the country. It's this, it's this constant, you know, back and forth all the time. It, it goes back really to Sarah and, and, and Hagar, and, Hagar yeah. and, and Ishmael and Isaac. It's a family feud. Yeah. That's not funny and you, nothing spins and you get, make guesses on. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just, it's been going for thousands of years and it, it brings you back to that point. You know, we think what well, my one little sin won't affect anybody. Yeah. Well, that one little sin has affected the entire world for thousands of years. Yeah. So never think your sin doesn't affect others. That's what's happening in the Middle East. And it's a spiritual battle, a good against evil, dark against light. And God's going to win. Ultimately, we know that. But again, this is right in line with what we would expect. We're heading down the right path where the, the, it will be rebuilt, that third temple. Yeah. They will have the sacrifices. And it's going to be for some concessions to the Palestinians, which is probably going to be for land. There'll probably be a land swap for Temple Mount land. I think that's how it's going to happen. And this is simply just kind of the, 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 you know, the, as they say, the, 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 the breeze, the, the wind before the storm, the, uh, you know, the, yeah. It's, it's what's going on. Well, it's definitely a family feud, boy. I'll tell you what, it makes the Hatfields and McCoys look civil. Yes. You know, so, but I'm, I'm sure we, this is not the end of that. We're going to have more of that. As a matter of fact, it, I, quite honestly, it's been quiet for a while. Yeah. So it's just the timing of it being that this is Resurrection Sunday weekend or Easter weekend that all of this is culminating. See, if you so. had, if this was like, if you had like Pigeon Forge over there, it'd be like the Ishmael Isaac yes. Theater. Yes. And you get to go in and have dinner and. <laughs> Some shawarma, but yeah, and, and you know, they fight, it, fight it out on stage, yes. you know, that kind of thing. And... Yeah, well, <laughs> it's really not okay. funny. I, no, I it's not, and no, it's not. But but yeah, it, it it's really deadly. Is, is it's, what it is. It is, but it's this ongoing battle yes. that is a spiritual root that goes back to the promise from God yep. to bless through Isaac, and then um, Ishmael's line is God said He'll bless them too, but they're not the chosen line. And uh, and now there's this battle between brothers that's been going on for, for thousands of years, and we're seeing it culminate today in Israel. Yeah. All right. Well, more on that, I'm sure, as the weeks unfold. All right. Uh, let's uh, come back to America for a couple of disturbing articles. Uh, the first one is from Fox News. Uh, it says a think tank president is saying that the nation's declining values could be signaling the end of the American empire. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm thinking the end of the American family. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You talk about a think tank, Greg. Look at this. I mean, it doesn't take a genius think to figure tank. out. Yeah, again, since Americans are abandoning their country's traditional values. Uh, which could mark the beginning of the end for one of the world's greatest empires, a, a libertarian think tank founder warned. And I quote, if the present trends continue, I think we'll look back at the uh, last few years as a real turning point in American history. Brownstone Institute President Jeffrey Tucker told Fox News the end of the American air- empire. I agree. I, I think, look, what we're seeing, Greg, is I don't know. They're not coming from, as far as I know, from a Christian viewpoint. But the reality is any nation that crosses over in this much rebellion to God, it, it's just a downward slide. And it follows kind of that same pattern. 
I think America is going to fall from within. There's always the chance that somebody could destroy America militarily. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to fall from within, just like Rome did, basically corrupt by our own morals, Greg. And it's sad to watch it happen. They're exactly right uh, based off their world viewpoint. But I would say from a biblical viewpoint, the Bible says that nations that honor the Lord will be blessed and nations that curse the Lord will be cursed. And we've been cursing the Lord. And now here's the thing, Greg, not to get too, too sidetracked. Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm watching our nation as a nation. Portions of the people in our nation more boldly blaspheming and attacking the Lord. I mean, if yeah. this is becoming in your face to God, it's getting very ugly. We're going to attack Christians. We don't care. I just read another article about some event where they came in on a guy that was sharing and he had a Bible. They destroyed his Bible and started destroying the room. Look, when you're bold enough to destroy a Bible, you may not believe. But when you can walk in and start tearing up Bibles, there's almost an in it fear that's built into every human that this this is a holy book. And when you've crossed that line, your conscience is I'll seared you, it like is a, a hot iron. It is iron. a seared conscience, and my fear, Greg, is our our country has gone across into a seared conscience. Yeah. Well, you know, and the what was coming to my mind is we were talking about the uh, first article there um, in our Israel thing regarding the, the Israeli soldiers having the to squash yeah. the the thing. I thought to myself that a they knew that something was going to happen. Yeah. They had the intel. Right. And B, they acted swiftly before. It wasn't like they waited until the fireworks went off and all this stuff happened for them to come in and then deal with it. Yeah. They, as Barney Fife would say, they nipped it in the bud. And they had to. And they, and but they had to, to pass over, because yeah. they realize if they don't, what that gives a license to. Yeah. And in our country, we've gone the exact opposite. Instead of instead of dealing with bad behavior yeah. in this country the way it should be dealt with, right. we find excuses for it or we give it new names yeah. or we put new labels on it so it can be justified. Right. And so we find ourselves in this position and find ourselves in our next article. This is from Newsweek, and I will say that this article, if you're one that, to go out and read our articles, most of the time they're G-rated stuff. This particular article, article number three in our stack, has some wording in it that might not be appropriate for younger readers. However, the title of this is Satan is getting as hot as you-know-what in American pop culture. Yeah, yeah. And before I get it, let me make another comment. Oh, Greg, sure, yeah. last article. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, I want okay. one more thing I want to yeah, say yeah, on yeah. that, and then I want to jump right into okay. this. Because, again, you pointed out something that I don't want us to miss that's happening worldwide. But you see Israel at least maintaining to some degree they're kind of the last holdout. It used to be America and Israel made moral stands. Right. Now America's laid its morals down, and Israel's still the last one. So you can see even America now turn, could turn against Israel. They're, the la- they're alone now. What do I mean? The reason they had to go into the mosque, Greg, was because what they do is, is if you don't squelch it before the holidays, all the Jews come down there to the Western Wall for the holiday, and they start throwing rocks at it. They hurt them. They throw objects, mm. rocks. They can do, and they, so they've got to squelch it, shut it down, and make it safe for, the, for their own people that are worshiping God. Look what happened here in Nashville when they had this, this lady that came in and she shot and killed those kids in the Christian school. Oh, in the school yeah, yeah, because of because of her hatred for Christianity. Right. So she kills these kids because she hates Christianity and, and she was whatever. once a student there too, by the way. Right. It's a hatred of God yeah. and a hatred of Christianity is, is what the motive was here. So she goes in and does that, and then what happens is is that um, now literally, literally, Greg, the, the national headlines they're they're blaming Christians for that shooting. 
It's the Christian's fault that she went in there and killed those children. It's your, you and I are to blame that those kids got killed the other day because we're the ones standing on God's word. It's absurd. Yeah. It's, 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 it's right is wrong. Wrong is right. It's, it's As light is dark. Yep. Light is dark. Dark is light. And so what, I guess my point, there's two things. One is we've crossed over now where we're so uh, twisted and perverted in our viewpoints as a nation. Our understanding, because we've left the word of God, we have no righteous standard anymore. So anything goes. And we've left it to where the guilty party, like that woman, she's the one that did the evil and she's guilty. Somehow she becomes the hero in many people's eyes and the innocent are now the guilty. I mean, it's absurd and shocking and appalling, but that's the world we live in. Here's what happened. There's only one nation there may be other nations. Let me take that back. There may be one or two other nations that would make a stand like that. But there's only one nation of power and import left in the world that makes that stand, and it's Israel. Right. It used to be American Israel. Israel now says, no, we're not going to blame the Jews because you're up there throwing rocks at them. It's your fault for throwing rocks at them. We're going to stop you. In America, we say, okay, Christians, it's your fault because somebody shot you. Well, that's absurd. But if we're letting that happen, we've dropped all of our moral standards. We're, we're done. The Jews are holding on. So again, my point is, the Bible says in the last days, Zechariah chapter 12, the entire world will turn against Jerusalem. They'll become a stumbling stone for the entire world. They're now positioned to be a stumbling stone for the entire world. Now, getting back to this article about Satan, you know, again, in American pop culture, says the devil in front of is front and center in movies. Here's another reason. Another this shows how far we've fallen, Greg. Satan is becoming very popular in America. Mm-hmm. TV shows, podcasts, even children's books. There are Satan uh, after school clubs now. <laughs> a Satan after school club. Wow. I just have to stop for a minute and go, what are we doing? I, I would have thought a few years ago, if you, if you said that boys could be girls and girls could be boys, I mean, I can't even imagine that people would really believe that. And now we see Satan after school clubs. You're like... I don't even want to say how much farther can we go down, because I think at this point it's just a free fall. I don't know. There's no bottom to it. But anyway, while they're proliferating, Satanist groups have their own political vision. By the way, I'm not saying we don't love those people. We do. We love everyone. But they're wrong. It goes on. There's the Exorcist Files, in which the Father Carlos Martins recreates exorcisms. This movie and the podcast routinely tops the list of most popular in spiritual categories. I'm sorry, podcast popular in spiritual categories. On Netflix alone, there are dozens of titles dealing with these hellish demons, including Warrior Nun, Devil in Ohio, um, The Bastard Son and the Devil um, himself, and Lucifer, in which the ruler of hell runs a piano bar in California. Comedy is also fair game. Thus, Ted Danson plays a torturous demon who is prone to mistakes in the Netflix series The Good Place. Humans crave spirituality. This is interesting. Humans crave spirituality. That is a biblical truth. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, all of us have a, a, a place in our heart that we're trying to fill with spiritual things. It's God, but we, sometimes people put other things there. Um, but humans crave spirituality, says Martins. Uh, but a Gallup poll in 2021 noted that for the first time in U.S. history, less than half of all Americans were members of a church. That's scary. A nation founded on the Word of God, less than half of us now go to church, synagogue, or mosque. To fill the void, many are embracing a rejection of received social customs and expected behavioral norms in favor of embracing me-first pleasure, pursuing intense feelings and experiences, Martins told uh, Newsweek. The adoption of Satan as a figurehead is merely another shock ceiling through which the movement has broken through. And really, that's the point. There's all these things, Greg, you watch Satan doing. He's bringing shock treatments to America. Like, um, yeah, you know, men can be women. Women can be men. That shocked us at first. And now it's like not, not only not shocking, it's like you're in trouble if you don't acknowledge it. 
Now he's saying, uh, you know, um, it's it's one thing after another. Satan's important. We want after school clubs for Satan. There's a shock factor at first, but after a while, it's like, well, it is fair for all religions. I mean, it's this whole thing. Humans by nature, Greg, we 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 desensitize, and so Satan knows that he's been around thousands of years. So he comes in with all these things, just shock us, but then we get used to it, we get desensitized, and then kind of accept it, and he moves on to the next shock that's farther down the road, till finally you're so far that God has no choice but to judge you. It's interesting, when you look at the children of Israel about to enter the promised land, they were Balaam and Balak were unable to destroy them by cursing them. Why? The Bible says that the righteous cannot be cursed. You can't put a curse on the righteous, right? Now, the righteous can be cursed if they try to follow the law. It does say in Galatians 3 that if the righteous try to follow the law, then they'll come under the curse of the law. So I understand following the law can bring a curse. But apart from that, the righteous can't be cursed, the Bible says. So what did he do? He said, you know what? I can't curse them. However, they can curse themselves. Have them sleep with all the women here. Have them get all their sexual right things in their religious stuff. He says, guess what? God will judge them. It was really evilly ingenious. They did it. God judged them, wiped out a big portion of them. So it's the same thing here. If Satan can get America to worship Satan and do all these things that are against God, God will judge us. That's the bottom line. And it's heartbreaking when you see this kind of stuff. It's really where the culture is going. And um, I mean, I, I just it's it's like I think there used to be a fear in the heart of people to do these kind of things out in the open. The fear is gone. There's still believers and people behind the scenes that are repulsed by this. But the fear of God in you know, the unbeliever in America used to have a level of fear of God. But now even that certain level of, of fear of God, Greg, and the unbeliever has disappeared. And that's when a nation is about to go down. You know, Pastor Mark, I, I think it's also indicative of the early church. You know, the climate and culture surrounding the early church was is that Christianity was this fledgling thing that not necessarily many people knew about. Um, there was a one-world government at the time, and that was the government that was to be worshipped. Yeah. And you've got people that are out there evangelizing and sharing things that are totally contradictory yeah. to what was happening in the world at that time. Yeah. And so there was great hatred for the early church. That's right. And these men and women who uh, went out to share the gospel, to share Jesus, to live their life in contrast to the world, did so at great peril. Yeah. And you kind of feel like that's where it's turning now. Yeah. Now, how much peril we run into before the rapture, we don't know. Yeah. You're right. But no, you're there's right, a similarity Ray. there. Yeah, there is. Now, watch what Satan does. I want our listeners to ha- understand how he operates. Here's what he does. The church and the Christians don't change. We stay the same because God's word doesn't change and believers don't change. So he changes the society around us gradually. And what happens is it closes in the believer. For example, you find all the things the Bible says are wrong before God. You normalize them in the culture around the church. And then the culture around the church, fi- the church finds itself isolated from the culture for having a different belief system, yeah. then the culture moves in to destroy the deviant church that won't go along with what they're promoting. It's it's the same thing that happened in Rome. It's, it's happening again new. now. <laughs> yeah. So what's happening is, for example, the promotion you're seeing right now, the whole transgender issue, yeah. it's being so promoted. Satan is doing this. Satan's behind this. And why would he do this? Not just because it destroys lives, and it will destroy their lives, those that are involved in that. I mean, my heart goes out to them because... You live in the state of confusion. The suicide rates are the highest among anybody among the transgender and homosexual community. And the reason being is because they're so confused and so there's so many pressures on them that that God never intended them to have. And my heart breaks for them. 
Um, anyway, with that, with that said, yeah. but what Satan does is, Greg, once he normalizes that and the whole culture says, this is all good, this is all okay, well, let's look around. Is there anybody that doesn't agree? Who doesn't agree with us that this is okay? Oh, yes, that's right. It's that one group called Christians. They're a problem. We need to deal with them. We need to get rid of them. And then anger is turned toward the Christians. And, and throughout history, then Christians are persecuted, sometimes even unto death. So I'm watching the wagons of the world surround the church right now. Now, I, I don't fear. I trust God. But, Craig, I'm yeah. watching it happen. It is a historical repeat. Well, and it's, a, it's another indication of the spirit of Antichrist with regard to a totalitarian or authoritarian regime change yeah. that, you know, if you can have an opinion as long as it agrees with mine. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's essentially right. what we're seeing that's right. in the society today. You cannot have a differing opinion than that of what the world says your opinion and, should be. And Greg, this is, this is, look, this is exactly what Satan did in heaven. Let's take this yeah. to heaven and bring it yeah. back down to earth. Satan tried to change the environment of the, of the angels in heaven to, to disagree with God and come against him. Very true. Yeah. And it's interesting when you yeah. read when you read about the wording that's used there in the original about Satan. It all it, it speaks of when he spoke to the angels as gossip and slander. Oh, so he literally gossiped and slandered God to the uh, those third that fell oh. with him. He probably did it to more than a third. Sure, yeah. But they just said, "No, I have no part of that." And God threw him out. Yeah. But he gossiped and slandered. He started building a culture that was in rebellion to the current culture of heaven, the current society of heaven, and the war broke viewpoint. out. And then God kicked him out. Now he's come down to the earth. He's doing the same thing here. God has established his word in this earth. Satan now is trying to get a lot of people on his side to go against God like he did in heaven, to build a culture against God on earth like he did in heaven, to get as many to go with him as he can down here. And they, just like they tried to overtake God in heaven and they were unable, he has some, some victories here. He didn't have any in heaven other than those that went with him. But now he's having some victories here on earth because it's not heaven and until God comes back and squashes him completely. But the same thing happening right now, Greg, is being led by Satan yeah. on earth in the same way that Satan led it in heaven. You know, Pastor Mark, that uh, description that you gave is so good and it's so needed for the church right now. Yeah. Because it's so easy for even Christians to see so much of the news and before you know it, you get very horizontal with your thinking and, you know, who's the enemy here and That's all right. of that. That's right. But what you just described was the overarching spiritual battle that's going on. Exactly. And it's playing itself out again here on earth as it did in heaven. That's right. That's right. And we need to have that perspective that this is a spiritual battle and this these are the enemy's tactics and the battle that we're in. And... It's not It's not a horizontal issue. It's no. a vertical issue. Look at him. He came from heaven. He goes to the garden. Look at the garden, yeah. Greg. He went there and he said, look, does, does, God doesn't really love you. If he loved you, he'd let you have all this. <laughs> so God doesn't love you. And he started trying to say that God wasn't telling the truth and all that. So Satan comes down here, and that's the same thing now. He would say that because we're talking about this, that means we don't love them. No, we love them very much. Yeah. It doesn't matter what sin they're involved in. God loved me and my sin and rescued me out of it. So it doesn't matter what sin somebody's involved in. God loves them, and we love them as well. But that doesn't negate right and wrong. There's right and wrong regardless. Right. And so Satan is now trying to make wrong right, right wrong. He's trying to do the same thing on earth. It's interesting, Greg. You know, think about this. He wants to be like God. We're to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Satan's trying to do. My kingdom come, my will be done on earth as I tried in heaven. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And, and, and he's, he's going to try to be God on earth as he tried to be in heaven. It's going to fail down here 
just like it failed there. But the problem is, we're part of the casualty. We, we come out of the heat. We take the persecution. Jesus is the one that really took it. So now we're simply carrying on his name. No matter how much heat we take, we, we have the ultimate victory in the kingdom of God, and we rejoice in that. So yeah. this is part of our service to the Lord and part of what we go through in order to, to stand with God. But we have the ultimate victory in the end. That is Pastor Mark Kirk, who is helping us make sense of the signs of the times. That's our weekly take on Bible prophecy in the world's news on WIAM LP Knoxville. A weekly broadcast that we have tagged is podcast number 258. You can find it available through all of your podcast outlets where they cast the pods, so they say. And now, it's time. You've got mail. Some listener questions. All right, Pastor Mark, our first one comes from Wes in Knoxville. His question is regarding artificial intelligence in the end times. He says some people have referenced AI in the context of the Antichrist in Revelation 13, uh, verses 14 through 15. Where do you see AI fitting into Bible prophecy. Yeah, that's a great question because I do believe we're going to see some AI that is involved um, with the last days. And now, again, this is where I Greg, think the Temple Mount. My first, my first thought was the the image. I think you're exactly right. What it, it tells us in Revelation uh, that this image uh, will be able to breathe and be able to speak, and it's and you go what what image could breathe and speak? You know, and I think. Um, we have thought in the past here look it could be a number of things i used to think it's going to be a hologram uh because hologram technology started taking off and i remember it was it was I remember some, we thought about that yeah, yeah. It, was it is it was it an election where they one of the newscasters they had a hologram of a person there on the news and they did some i forget there was some time where they introduced this hologram and there it was and it's pretty cool and so we thought maybe it's a hologram when the antichrist takes the world over Wes, he's going to rule everything He's going to declare that he's God from the Temple Mount, and then he's going. To, and I think in order to insult God and maybe try to establish his authority and kind of take Jesus's spot the best he can, he's going to be presenting himself on a regular basis from the Temple Mount. Well, he can't always be there like God can. God's everywhere; he can't be. So he'll be traveling around the world, doing what he has to do. But when he's not there, I think this image is going to serve as. Don't forget, I'm God. Don't forget, I'm the one running the show. Here, I'm going to speak to the world from the Temple Mount. So I think he's going to use some form of this image to speak to the world from the Temple Mount to show his authority, who he is. Insult God, all that goes with that. Could be a hologram, um, but now we have this new AI technology, and Greg, they are so good at making these now, uh, these robots that look like real people and these images that look like real people. It may be a robot. It may be um, AI in the sense of just um, um, that way, or it could be, like I said, a hologram or whatever. But I do believe that AI, artificial intelligence, is going to come into play in some way, very possibly, you know, when it comes to the image on the Temple Mount. It'll, it'll either be that or a hologram. I don't know that a hologram would be considered AI. Uh, that'd just be technology, I guess. So, But I think it's going to be one of the two, either the technology of just being able to pres- to show himself there all the time. But I think it almost kind of lends itself to an AI-type setting, Greg, because he, he, his image will always be there. He's putting the image on the Temple Mount. It gives the idea of it's going to stay there, whereas holograms are come on, go off, come on, go off. So there may very well be something that's there that's there he is, and it looks like him. And I, I was I was seeing this thing the other day where they're making these things now that look so real. It's creepy from a distance. You can't tell it's not a person. Well, I know just from pictures where you can tell AI to make pictures of things, and it can do it, such as uh, when they uh, – did the arraignment for uh, President Trump, 
they made AI images to make it look like he was being dragged away. Yeah, and it's amazing what they can and do. And it was so realistically looking. Well, here's the creepy thing about that too, Greg, is that here's we have a whole new world of battle to face. If somebody doesn't like you and they have the power to get to AI, they could put a video out of you doing something you didn't do. And they say, there's Greg killed on film. Right. What do you mean you didn't do it? I've got, there he is on film. Look at it. Hey, don't use me as an example. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But either way, <laughs> someone, there's someone yes. on film. Yes. And, and the point is, Greg, well, you know, you or I or anybody, that's my point. Right, yeah. And now you've got to, this is where we have to just, we have to trust God to be our defense and live above yeah. reproach. But anybody can be accused of anything. And you couldn't, it would be hard to prove that's not me, I, I would assume. Now, I don't know how hard that is to prove or not prove, but it opens up a whole new world of false accusation. Uh, things that aren't real. Think about it. You don't want a president to win an election. If you can put some video out that looks real enough like that president and show it to the world, and they don't really under, – some understand AI, some don't. How, how do you how do you convince the world it isn't really him before election day? You may not be able to. Right. Which means I would have voted for him, but, man, did you see what he did? He didn't do it. But too late. Too late. Yeah. I mean, this 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 kind of technology can be used in a horrible way. So I know we veered away from the original question, but yeah. I, think, I think, Wes, I do believe there's a very good chance that AI will have something to do with the image uh, that is on the Temple Mount in the book of Revelation. All right, Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Jill, who enjoys Signs of the Times here in Knoxville. She says, I read an article about the recent opening of the Abrahamic family house in Abu Dhabi. And it made me think of the whore of Babylon in Revelation, a one-world religion. What are your thoughts on this? Well, again, another great great question. I definitely believe, uh, Jill, that it plays into the spirit of Antichrist in the last days with this one-world religion. It's not, it's not all-encompassing. But it is interesting that it does encompass the three major religions. Again, let me read a little bit about it. It's designed uh, by the um, Ajay Associates, and Abrahamic fam- the Abrahamic Family House, is a landmark project located in Sayat Cultural District in Abu Dhabi, like you said, the capital of the United Arab Emirates. It encompasses three separate houses of worship. So it's this giant building that has three separate houses broken up in equal sizes to show the equality. Okay, mm. uh, And, and it's, it has a mosque, a church, and a synagogue. First announced in 2019, it actually opened up on February 16th of this year. And so it's this place where Muslims, Jews, um, and believers can supposedly all come and worship in the same building with equal space, and it shows the unification of these major world religions together. It doesn't include all the religions, but it is a statement. Now, the Bible does say there'll be a one world religion in the last days. I think this is that spirit. This is the spirit of the one world religion. This is the spirit of Antichrist formulating and shaping this. However, it does appear that this one world religion will be based out of Rome, and is referred to as the Whore of Babylon. Now, that's where it comes in, because Babylon is not far from Abu Dhabi, Saudi Arabia, and all that. And so you have the Babylon region doing this, which is very intriguing, and we'll see what more happens with that, Jill. But at the same time, it would appear that it's going to be a Rome-based religion, probably dealing with the the Pope, um, uh, whatever the current Pope would be at that time. Uh, will be involved, and that Pope will probably pull in everybody else under that cloak, if you will. Um, but either way, I think this is in that same spirit and a part of it, but I don't think it alone is going to be like the central uh, mantelpiece of the one world religion. Time will tell. Uh, this can be based out of Rome, but definitely a part of the spirit of the age and tied into that uh, for sure. Well, it's another repeat of what happened in the first one world government. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there are other... Uh, 
all the other religions of the world at that time were allowed to exist as long as once a year you acknowledged Caesar that's right as Lord of that's all that's right that's right yeah if you acknowledge Caesar you can still worship your own religion right and I, and I think it's going to start out that way Greg with the Antichrist the first three and a half years he'll let everybody worship their own religion exactly yes. and then that's when he's going to stand yes. up at, th- at the three and a half year point and say no yeah. you only worship me I'm God yeah. and you can't yeah. worship anybody else yeah. and it is interesting a point you made hold yeah. that thought I think you have yeah. a thought it is interesting that you know the the the, the religious center was built there in Babylon uh, that when when the world was together trying to be one that ziggurat as they call yes. them that the tower of babel and then it was again torn down by God. Well, now you have this Tower of Babel being built again, so to speak, and they're in the Babylon yeah. region. But I think that more symbolically of the Whore of Babylon, I think it's speaking more, yes, a literal Whore of Babylon, but, a, but symbolically of the world religion in a literal sense that, yeah. that probably is going to be based out of Rome. I would think, too, and give me your opinion on this, I would think as we get closer to all of this, that we will see more stories about these three religious groups, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, uh, and, and representatives from each somehow coming together with more and more unification stories or attempts and things like that. And Pope Francis has been very bold in that since he took uh, the papacy uh, whenever that was. I don't remember what year that yeah, was, but he's, been, but he's been and has been uh, very involved in trying to do that, at least initially he was. Yeah. haven't heard much on that now, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that build up again, especially with a story like this. Oh, it will. And again, this this latest pope actually went to Babylon, remember, and yes. gathered some world religions there, and they did all this kind of stuff. So it's the spirit, uh, and, and it, may, it may be more connected to Babylon than we know, Jill, than literal Babylon. Some believe that the literal Babylon is going to be rebuilt um, my only struggle with that is it would really have to happen fast because when I watch how quickly things are happening in the last days, I don't know that we have time for literal Babylon to be rebuilt before the Lord's return. But only God knows the timing. So we'll see, but a great question. Yeah, very good. Well, if you've got a question like Wes and Jill, we invite you to visit us at the uh, thewaymedia.net. Or you can go to the signs.org, either one. It's going to take you to the same place where you can ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question, and we will get that on our next broadcast. You may be a businessman or some high All right, let's uh, hit some one-world government news. Uh, just as a side note before we get to this, did you see apparently Elon Musk spoke at some world summit thing? He did a while and said, back. And said a world government would be the end of civilization or something. He said it would be a that. huge mistake because, <laughs> yes. again, it would pull away the individuality and all these other things. So, you know, there's, he's, he's really uh, an anomaly. He is very um, much an anomaly. Because he really anyway. much is kind of spearheading this whole AI technology and the brains thing and linking whatever. Yet at the same time. At the same time, he comes out and goes, hey, guys, <laughs> it's a mistake to link the whole world together. I'm like, man, you, what, what about Starlink? What about, you know. About, I know. You know it's uh, amazing. I mean, the whole, yeah, anyway. Anyway. Okay. Reuters is reporting that India has a new trade policy that's aiming to promote the rupee trade. And rupee, as I'm assuming, is their dollar. It is their dollar, yeah. yes. And this we'll talk about this. India's okay. new foreign trade policy to be adopted from April 1st will take steps to support the international trade using the rupee currency, the government said on Friday, as it looks to boost exports amid slowing global trade. The South Asian nation is prepared to trade in rupees with nations facing a shortage of dollars so as to, to disaster-proof them and effectively boost its exports. Commerce Secretary uh, Sunil Barthwal uh, told the news conference in a capital there in New Delhi. 
Um, well, you know, again, there's a larger picture to this that I want to just briefly touch on, and that is the death of the dollar. I don't know when it's going to happen, but the dollar is in danger um, on a couple of fronts. Number one, first of all, just the amount of debt we have. Our debt is so large, it's pretty much understood we probably can't get out of it uh, without some kind of miracle. I think if our nation repented, God could come in and restore, and we'd see a miracle take place. But apart from some kind of miracle, at some point, the dollar's got to drop or fail because we've gone too far in debt, and we keep adding to that debt like we just... It's, it's like, I started to say it's like we can print money. Well, that's what we're doing. We just keep printing money and printing money and printing money and making it out of thin air. Well, eventually it becomes worthless. Um, and so the world is recognizing that, Greg. The world sees that we're, our economy is in a huge mess. Russia and others see that, you know, if America has control of the world's economy by the dollar, then they can shut us off and, and really hurt us, like, sanction-wise. So they start breaking off to China, getting connected to China. They, they have this great uh, gold reserve now. They're building their own wealth so they don't have to depend on the dollar, so we can't do that to them. And, um, and the rest of the world sees it in two ways. They don't want America controlling them, like they did Russia, shutting them down, blocking their banks, whatever. At the same time, they realize the dollar is going to lose its value. So they're trying to shift over now before that happens. And they're even saying in some of these countries, like, here, stop using the dollar. If you can, let's go straight over to the rupee and these other things and try to make this work because uh, it's going to fail. So that's not to cause panic. It's simply to say, look, uh, our nation and our dollar is headed for disaster if we don't repent as a nation. And I think that people need to you know, plan the best they can accordingly. There's not much you can do in that situation. I mean, some would say store up gold, and there may be some temporary benefit if, if you want to try to retain something in gold. It's going to be hard to spend gold if yeah. everything collapses. You can't run a Kroger and buy something with a gold coin. And especially with how electronic payment systems are now. Yeah, and when it goes electronic, the gold's not going to help you any. Now, no. there, now, I will say this. There is an underground move right now where people are buying and trading in gold and silver, um, selling of meat and things, and that's being established. So there, there's probably going to be some avenues of that. So it's not a zero benefit to gold and silver. There will be some benefit to gold and silver. But I don't think gold and silver is the answer. I think the answer is repentance and turning back to God. Yeah. And these other nations recognize, you know, hey, the American dollar is is fading and about to go under. We've got to get out. It's 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 happening in multiple nations right now. This last month, there's been a move, Greg, by multiple nations to begin to turn away from the dollar. And we're going to start seeing the repercussions of that soon. Uh, dollars are not going to be that valuable. I would encourage our listeners, if you can, whatever you can put into solid assets, do it. If you can transfer things into land, into real estate. Uh, and you don't need the on-hand cash. That's probably a wise thing to do if you're in that financial area. Like, I'm not in the financial uh, position to go out and just buy land. But if you are, and we can just go and get it in, in solid resources, that's going to be the best way to retain your money. Again, there may be some limited uh, use for gold and silver if there's some um, after-collapse bargaining things that go on. But you're not going to be able to take gold coins and silver coins and interact in normal government things because they're going to operate off the digital currency. So they're not going to accept your gold and silver. But the person that, you know, works on their own farm yeah. and that kind of thing, yeah, there could be some use there. Um, and, and like I said, I think solid assets is huge. And maybe learning how to do a little gardening and uh, and those kind of things is going to be a wise thing for the days ahead because it's going to be a mess. Yeah. Well, it already is. And we know it's just going to get worse. The, ma- the question is, is that when is the rapture going to occur in relationship to everything totally collapsing to the yeah. point where we have that one world economy, that yeah. one world currency? Yeah. You know, yeah. those are really, for me, the bigger questions. We know they're introducing the Fed now or whatever it's called. Yes, we talked about that. In the yeah. next month or two, right? Or yeah. it's about to be introduced. That really is the introduction, I think, into getting it's kind of it's kind of the soft intro 
into heading toward that digital. So how yeah. quick they're really going to pull the trigger, Greg, I don't know. may take another disaster. Yeah. Anthony Fauci just announced yesterday, I think, or day before, there's going to be another pandemic in 2024. Oh, that they're already working on. Well, he said, no, he said, he, he guaranteed, he said there is another pandemic. He said there is. He said, we're, he said, we're going to have another one. And they're talking now about possibly next year. So my point is, I mean, we laugh, but well, truly, it's an election year. Listen, truly, they're speaking openly about what's going on. So if and they're announcing it, and, and again, I could see in order to disrupt the elections of 2024, sure, introduce some new whatever, yes. try to lock everything down again, mask everything down, do whatever, and don't allow the government to change or do it how you want or whatever. Yes. And these are conspiracy theories, Guys, this is simply, if you listen to what they're saying, yeah, they're openly talking about, uh, we're about to have a pandemic. And if he does, then this, I mean, this, you know, it's interesting, you know, a lot of times, Greg, you look throughout history, the people that planned bad things, they spoke about it openly in advance. And and anymore, it's, they're speaking very openly about what their plans are. Didn't it, Hitler? He, he, he very much did. He very much did. And now we're seeing this kind of open discussion. Same of, spirit. It is. And so, I mean, I'm saying, here's the bottom line. The Lord's in control. He sits on the throne. But I think it would be wise for us as believers have maybe a little area, if you can, for a little garden. Couldn't hurt you. If you don't, you can grow a lot of food in your windowsill. It's amazing what you can grow at home in pots and plants. Uh, don't overdip it. You know, a little something there. Is that why when I drive by your house, I can't see in the windows? That's right. That's right. And then, uh, and, and you may have, again, you know, just a couple things. Have, you know, have an extra gas tank, a tank of gas. Have a, maybe a small generator. Have like, you know, two weeks worth of food set aside. Not overboard. I'm not talking about, you know, the whole, uh, uh, you know, preppers thing and everybody digging bunkers. I'm saying, look, have some wisdom, make some preparations and trust the Lord God Almighty. If God gives you an avenue to do more than praise the Lord, bless you in that. But for those that can't do what you can, and then we're going to trust the Lord. I want to remind our listeners. When a famine hit the land with Jacob and his brothers, God already had something lined up in advance to make sure that his people would be taken care of. That doesn't mean we don't, we aren't responsible for what we're supposed to do, but God had something already laid out and God took care of them through that. They trusted the Lord. We trust the Lord. God will take care of us. Make the plans you can. Trust God and we're going to see God be faithful. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's get a little pestilence, plagues, disasters, and heavy on the corruption. Yeah. Big side of corruption. A big ladle full. Yeah. Uh, this is from Catholic Answers. We normally don't source information from there, but this one was uh, uh, worth grabbing. Uh, Dennis Prager, who is a known uh, conservative uh, commentator, I guess, uh, is wrong about porn. Um, and so, why don't we discuss this? Yeah, I want to on a couple of uh, for a couple of reasons. One is. Uh, even before I read the article, Dennis Prager is becoming more and more popular for Christians to listen to because of Prager U and all those kind of things. Whatever. In his conservative positions. He is. He's, yes, he's, he has. He stands in mostly the right places, conservatively, et cetera. But recently it says Dennis Prager caused a stir over comments on pornography that he shared on an episode of Jordan Peterson's roundtable discussion of the book of Exodus. This is amazing to me to see how much damage pornography has done to the Jews that history. But it just shows the blindness of those that don't know Christ. It says, Prager first claimed that the Old Testament never condemns lust, lusting after another man's wife and says this is strictly a Christian rule of morality. He says the command to not covet your neighbor's wife only prohibits making active plans to sleep with her. It doesn't say that at all. It if says, that was the case, David wouldn't have gotten in trouble. Well, listen to what it says. It says don't covet your neighbor's wife. I don't, you don't want your neighbor's wife for any other reason but to lust after her and then have her physically. You don't have to. It's not like you're... It's amazing to me, Greg, how those who don't know God can justify sin. Yeah. He's wrong. Let me go on. Even more shocking, and I'll add this, if that were possible. He said that when women tell their husbands to look at porn, um, or I'm sorry. Women tell their husbands? No, I'm sorry. When women tell him. Oh. 
their husbands look at porn. Gotcha. He asks them if the porn is a replacement for intimacy with them, which would be wrong, or merely a way to assist the intimacy in their marriage, which would be allowed. See, look at this. Jesus said, if you lust after a woman, you have committed adultery. What he's saying is, women, it's okay. Let your man commit adultery as long as that helps your sex life. So if I ask the wives out there right now, how does that sound to you, wives? It's okay for your husband to commit adultery as long as it enhances your sexual life. Is that something that you want to, um, to accept? Well, again, it's absurd. He also told a story about a man who couldn't be intimate with his wife because she had Alzheimer's. And Prager wondered why it would be so wrong for that man to find gratification through a picture. Well, maybe if it was a picture of his wife. I mean, I'm not going to get into those kind of details. Here's the point. Anytime you look at someone else other than your spouse and there's any sexual thought in your mind, the Bible says it is sin against God and is condemnable. And let me say this. Well, what if I'm not married? Anytime you do something that is outside of marriage with someone else That's in your mind. That's called fornication. It's exactly. If it's outside of marriage and it's even just in your mind, it is still sin against God. It is, it is um, as though you've done it, Jesus said. And so what's, what's really sad about this, look, I expect an unsaved man to say this. But, Greg, what shocks me is this is becoming more and more acceptable among women today. And that's what shocks me. Yeah. And, and let me just say, um, without any details at all, um, my wife was recently at a gathering, a large gathering of women, and they were shocked. Many women there were shocked to find out that pornography was wrong and they thought that it was helpful to their with their husbands, helpful in their marriage relationship. And their husbands, of course, encouraged them to do that, which duh. I mean, men are driven that way. And so they're accepting it, and they didn't realize it was wrong. And now they're going, wow, is that wrong? Why is it wrong? And this was the gathering of Christian women. Wow. Now, here's what that said to me. (laughs) If a large gathering of Christian women are confused about whether or not pornography is right or wrong, we have a big problem in America because that's the Christians with the highest moral standards. I was going to say, the world is one thing. Yeah. Yeah. These are those with the highest moral standings in our nation. That means the world's moral standing is much lower. And so what's happening is, again, we talked about the the um, desensitization. We become so desensitized to sexual things that now pornography is like, what's the big deal? It's not that big of a deal. Now I go back to, again, we talked about it already, Balak and Balaam. He realized if he could get them into pornography, which is either, which, and, and here's, get this, in those pagan rituals in that day, you would oftentimes first watch sexual activity. As a group, they would watch it. And after they were done watching it, they would have their temple prostitutes that they would go down and fulfill those desires with. So what you had is ancient pornography was involved in their worship services, then actual sexual immorality. Because of that, God judged the nation of Israel. And they've got an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, Dennis Prager, saying, Ah, that's okay. God doesn't care. No, you're wrong. God does care. That's sin before God, and we need to repent. There is an epidemic. You want to talk epidemics. There is an epidemic of pornography in our nation today. And and among believers, look, in the world, and when I say it doesn't matter, of course it matters. But it doesn't really matter as much in the world because without Christ, you're already you're, you're living in a state of separation from God. You're already living condemned until you come to Christ and are born again. But for the believer... Satan knows if he can cause us to live in sin and cause God to condemn that, then he can bring people down that way. And so I feel sorry for these wives 
that think that's okay. And for these husbands that would tell their wives, listen, the Bible is clear. Pornography is sin against God, whether you're married or not married. You have no right to that person. That person is not your husband. It is not your wife. And if you think at all, if you look on them in that way and you see them, uh, you know, in a way that they shouldn't be seen, the Bible says that's sexual immorality and sin against God. And we need to repent of that. Does Dennis Prager claim to be a Christian? No. Okay. No, no, no. He's he's a, he's a, just he's checking. A, no, no. He's a practicing Jew. Okay. Uh, Orthodox Jew, yeah. and so he doesn't claim it all. So I get that. I understand. But I'm, I'm just saying, for me, Greg, you would think that even an Orthodox practicing Jew would go, "Wait a minute. What about Balak and Balaam uh, when they watched it and then took part in it? Uh, God judged them." My guess is, Pastor Mark, you know more about his religion than he knows about his. Well, you know, look, I'm no expert on Judaism. I would say as far as today's version of Judaism, he knows a lot more than I do. But as far as what the Bible says about it, because here's the thing, Greg. Exactly. The Bible is only spiritually discerned. It cannot be discerned no. any other way. And um, Well, it's it, you know, we're, we're looking at the effects of the culture. Yeah. You know, uh, pornography is embedded in our culture. And, and I'm not talking about the pornography the triple x rated i'm talking about the things that are subtle that are in commercials or in tv shows or in movies yeah. uh and or in video games uh, yeah. it, it, it's it's per, when you talked about in the the temple pro, you know they they would watch a performance to get them worked up yeah. and then get it fulfilled we're seeing there's performances all around us everywhere everywhere yeah. and it could be to a certain extent, that we have become desensitized, I believe so. To that, yeah, it's it's normal. Greg, look, we're yeah. lifting up porn stars and right. stuff as though it's something normal. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I was going to sneeze. I have to tell my listeners because I know you're watching by video. But let me say this: Look, as we <laughs> yes. get to the close of today's yeah. show, we are here. This is the weekend that we celebrate the fact that Jesus died for the sins we're talking about. Mm. He he went to a cross for those involved in pornography. He went to a cross for those involved in, 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 in same-sex relationships. He went to, to the cross for those involved in adultery, those involved in, in, in stealing, for those involved in lying, for those involved in going down the list you know, of, of, of the sins, coveting, whatever. Jesus died for that on the cross. And here's the good news. He loves you. I don't care what sin you're involved in today. He loves you. We love you. And we want to see you in heaven. Jesus wants to see you in heaven more than we do. And the only way to do that is to have your sins forgiven. Here's the good news. Your sins were paid for. The Bible says by his blood on that cross, it's all paid for. You say, well, then why should I? It's done. No, no, no. It's paid for, but you have to go accept that payment yourself. If you don't go and say, yes, I accept that payment in my place for me. If you don't personally do that, you can't be saved. Your sins can't be forgiven and you won't be born again. So what do I do? Here's what you do. You go to Jesus and you say, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for me. Your blood paid for the sins of the world, but it also, I'm included in that, but I have to receive it. So Lord, I believe, I believe you died for me and I receive that for myself right now. Please forgive me of my sin. You confess your sin and the Bible says you've got to repent. This is huge. A lot of people don't say this anymore. You've got to stop sinning. Turn from your sin and repent. And the Bible says if you do that and give your life to the Lord, you'll be born again. And what a great 
resurrection weekend for you to die to the old person, mm. come alive in Christ. And it's not about just getting right with God now, but you're going to be right with God forever in eternity, celebrating the Lord and the things of the kingdom. We invite you into the kingdom today. Jesus invites you. Come to him. He loves you. I don't care what sin you're involved in. He loves you. Come to him. Repent. He'll receive you. He'll restore you and give you brand new life. You'll be born again in Jesus Christ with your sins washed away forever and heaven waiting. You're invited. Respond. He loves you. Jesus said, Behold, I make all things new. Amen. Amen. And you can be a new creation in Christ Jesus. And uh, if you live locally in the Knoxville area, we, of course, invite you to our Resurrection Sunday services at either 645, our sunrise service at 8 o'clock, 930, or 1115. And as always, you can watch the 1115 service live if you can't make it here in person. Just go to thewaymedia.net. We're also live on the church's YouTube channel and Facebook page. In the meantime, we do hope that you are in church celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And make sure to come back next Friday at 1.30 as we continue to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today are pointing to God's Word as signs of the times. Oh,